All right, we're beginning a new series called The Blessed Life. And I want you to understand that um, the church is now, this Easter will be 15 years old. And about every three years, uh, I preach this series. This is my life message. This series came about because uh, James Robison uh, and his team asked me if I would come on their program and teach on giving because I teach give to give, not give to get. And they said it's the most balanced message we've ever heard. And if you could, if you could, uh, could you write a book? Uh, because uh, it, a lot of people would like to read and not just listen to the, the CDs or the, the tapes, you know. And uh, I said, sure, um, you know, how, when do you need the book? They said, about a month. Uh, and so I went away and dictated The Blessed Life in, in three days in a tape recorder because it's, it's been in my heart for years. It's been something Debbie and I have been living and I've been preaching and teaching for years. The Blessed Life now, the book, um, uh, millions of copies. Uh, I've been told 30-something languages around the world. I've given all the royalties away to this book. Uh, we've been blessed from other books. You, you know that. I don't ever try to hide that from you, that we've been very blessed financially from royalties. But we all, this book, we, the first one, we gave it to the Lord. Matter of fact, all the royalties have come to Gateway Church. And so um, it's been, it's, it's just God uses it all over the world. Here's the reason, because there's truth in this book that will change your life. I promise you. And it'll change your marriage. And it'll change your family. And it'll change your health. And it'll change your relationships. And it'll change your job. It'll change your life. It's a blessed life, not a blessed pocketbook or a blessed wallet. It's a blessed life. So that's what we're going to do uh, for the next seven weeks. I will preach six of these. Pastor Jimmy Evans will preach one of them, all right? So look here at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I just want to ask you a simple question. Uh, is the word money anywhere in those two verses? No. And, and the context is judging. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Okay? Now, I want us to commit to short-term memory the first phrase and the last phrase. And I'd like you to just say it after me. Judge not and you will not be judged. Great. This is all the campuses and all the churches by simulcast, all right? And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Say that. Now flip over to Luke 6, okay? Now let's say them one more time. Judge not, and you will not be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, look at the first sentence of verse 37. Luke 6, 37, judge not and you will not be judged. No, you don't have to say it. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you, though. Okay. Uh, and then look at the last sentence of verse 38. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, I want you to understand this is the parallel passage, but I want to show you a verse in the middle that, in my opinion, many times the context is not understood. Okay, so Luke 6, 37 and 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now look at verse 38. 
Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom for, with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, let me just make a statement, and this might shock you. The word money does not appear in those verses. And yet most of the time when we hear Luke 6, 38, we think about money. As a matter of fact, when we think about the word give, we think money. I was being interviewed by a magazine a while back and they, they said, how often do you preach on giving? And I said, every week. They said, you preach on giving every week? And I said, yes. I think what you meant to ask me was how often do I preach on giving money? And that's about every three years. Every three years, I do a series on stewardship and generosity. But you didn't ask me how often to preach on giving money. You asked me how often to preach on giving. I can't preach on grace and not talk about giving because God so loved the world, he I can't preach on marriage and not preach on giving because a marriage will not work if you're not givers, if both people aren't givers. And again, not finances, not giving. Get, you understand what I'm saying? This, this applies to every area of our life. That's what we have to understand. Giving is about the heart. Here's the title of the message. I should have given it to you earlier, but the title is, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Some people say, well, you know, they're after my money. Let me explain something to you. Yes, God is after your, not the church. God is after your money because he's after your heart. And your heart is connected to your wallet. I, I guarantee you, I've seen it. There's a string from your heart to your wallet because I've watched people when they start to reach back. Oh, it just, it hurts. If God can get your wallet, listen to me, he can get your heart. And I'm not the one that said it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows your treasure. You put your treasure in a stock, you put some money in a stock, you'll start going on the internet checking to see how that stock's doing, and you never checked it before. And you never cared about it before, but you care about it now because your treasure's there. Are you following me? You want your treasure in the kingdom? You, put, you want your heart in the kingdom? You put your treasure in the kingdom. Okay, so it's a heart issue because he's talking in these verses about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Don't judge or you'll be judged. Don't condemn or you'll be condemned. Don't, and then he says forgive and you'll be forgiven. And then he says give. Okay, what's he saying though? Give judgment and judgment will be given back to you. And here's the part I don't hear a lot of preaching on. Good measure, press down, shaking together and running over, will men give judgment back to you. For with the same measure you give judgment, you'll get judgment back. That's the context of these verses. Judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Now, you can apply it to other areas because of the laws of sowing and reaping. If you give a seed, you don't just get back one seed, you get back a, a tree or a plant with many seeds. And that's the way God is. So whatever you give, you're going to get more back. So it'd be better to give good things <laughs> than bad things because you're going to get more of it back, whatever it is. I was counseling with a lady one time and she was a single mother and she didn't have anywhere to leave her kids. 
And so she brought her kids and we just let them. I said, please come anyway. And she just left them with the, the, uh, my assistant. We left the door open there and uh, I was talking to her. And here's literally, this is what she said. She said, my, my kids yell at me. She said, they yell at me. I, I don't know why. And then she did this. Y'all stop talking out there. I don't know why they yell at me. I said, Luke 6.38, give yelling and yelling will be given back to you. Good measure, Preston. Okay, all right. Now, if you can flip Deuteronomy 15, how, how are you going to develop a heart of generosity? Well, way back Deuteronomy 15, God tells us what we need to do, four things we need to do because it's all about the heart, all right? So Deuteronomy 15, look at verses seven and eight. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you. Notice God's giving you the land, by the way. Notice the word giving. You shall not harden your heart. It's about your heart. Nor shut your hand from your poor brother. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly, that would be about your heart, lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Okay, so there are four things that we need to do if we're going to become generous givers. Here's number one. Deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a selfish heart. Look at verse 9. Deuteronomy 15 verse 9. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. Notice heart again. Saying the seventh year of the year of releases at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and it become sin among you. Notice selfishness is wickedness in God's eyes, and it becomes sin. Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying, um, now, when your brother comes and asks to, to borrow from you, uh, you, you, you open your hand and willingly lend to him. You, you, you open your heart to him. But don't let there be this wicked or selfish thought in you that says, man, this is the, the year of Jubilee. That means all debts will be canceled. In other words, if he came and said, hey, I need to borrow some money. My crops were bad this year. And, and you thought, you know what? Six more months is the year of Jubilee. If he can't pay me back in six months, then, then uh, I have to cancel this debt. See, God implemented an economic system where all debts were canceled every seven years. How many of you would like to re-implement that economic system? Okay. So if you thought, you know, I'm not going to do this because he might not be able to pay me back. You know what God said? Don't do that. Don't think that way. And here's what he called it. He calls selfishness wickedness. He's dealing, he's telling the people of Israel, this, I don't want you to do this. I want you to be generous like I'm generous. Yeah, let me ask you a question. I asked a Bible college class this one time. Um, why did God create giving? You ever thought about that? Because God did. It's, it's, it's all through God's Word. So why did God invent or create giving? And the overwhelming answer was to support His work. And I said to them, and I want you to think about this. I said to these, these college students, I said, do you really think I want you to think about this, because <laughs> it's funny to me. <laughs> Do you really think that God needs your money to support his work? I mean, it, uh, you know, uh, it, is the light bill 
you know, in heaven, uh, you know, too big for God. They running out of gold for the streets. I mean, cattle on a thousand hill. He's running out of cow. I mean, you know what? God needs you. No, listen, God did not create giving for his sake. He created giving for your sake. Giving more than any other activity that a believer does works selfishness and greed out of our lives. This is why I don't like much of the preaching I hear on giving because it's give to get. Give and you'll get, give and you'll get. And let me tell you what that does. It actually works selfishness and greed back in your life. And what do you, how do you think God feels? God feels. 